0: Welcome to Cloud Innovators, the podcast series keeping CIOs on the straight and narrow when it comes to their cloud journeys and debunking myths and misconceptions along the way. Over the next five episodes, we're going to take you through a CIO's journey to the cloud. From their initial exploration of the idea, through the planning and migration stages, and onto managing and creating applications in the cloud. And we'll be doing it with some help from those in the midst of it and those in the know. So, where better to start than right at the very beginning? Unprecedented technological, social and regulatory disruption is giving rise to the next era of business reinvention. With pervasive connectivity and the rise of AI, An organisation's IT infrastructure has to be modernised in order to keep one step ahead of competitors and exceed their customers' expectations. Nick Maguire is VP for Enterprise Research at CCS Insight, a technology market intelligence firm. He says it's now accepted among most CIOs that they will embrace migration to the cloud in some
1: form. kind of beyond the exploratory phase of, okay, is the cloud good or not good for my business? Now we're in this phase, particularly for the companies that have not yet kind of fully embarked on either a full-scale migration to the cloud or a very kind of focused, comprehensive strategy in and around cloud technologies. They're trying to look at the how uh, as opposed to the what.
0: So let's meet some of our CIOs and find out where their cloud journey began. Alex Farr is the current CIO for Strictly Education, but he's been involved in a number of cloud migrations, and they've not all been straightforward.
2: Probably the most interesting one was the one that we undertook at Monarch Aircraft Engineering under very difficult circumstances. So uh, Monarch Aircraft Engineering, unfortunately, went into administration in January, and the um, administrators at the time, KPMG, wanted us to sell part of the business as a growing concern. This meant we needed to split a lot of our systems from our uh, back office infrastructure and migrate to the cloud in order for those to be broken up and, and sold off as the time came. Monarch Aircraft Engineering was part of the um, wider Monarch group that had gone into administration uh, in the previous year, an organisation that had been running for sort of 50 years and had done a lot of in-house development over that period. What that meant is that we had a lot of legacy systems that had been built by individuals that unfortunately had now either lost their jobs or, or on defined time scales before they moved on and that presented the business with a lot of risk moving those applications. They hadn't been designed to work in the cloud, they hadn't been really designed to be moved and we weren't sure what to expect.
0: And then we have Fatima Mahad. She's the former Director for Technology and Operations at the University and College Admissions Service or UCAS as it's known. They began investigating cloud migration after A-Level Results Day in 2011, when high demand led to a very public failure of their systems.
3: It was um, a day that I probably will never forget. Um, on A-Level Results Day particularly, UCAS has some of the major uh, news house in the building, so Sky, BBC, ITV, etc. And some of the news around the website crashing and, you know, these were the headlines that were being used, came across when the university's minister was actually being interviewed and the journalist um, essentially was saying, you know, we hear the UCA systems have failed and the website has crashed. What's going on? Can you tell us about it? So this really resulted in a frenzy uh, in the organisation as a result of this essentially a crisis crisis. On that day, UCAS has a system called Track, which students <laughs> log in very early in the morning, often, to find out if they've secured their place in um, at, the, at the university they wanted to go to. But also during the course of the day, the universities and colleges use a system called Link to essentially see, you know, are they getting the right number of students coming across, and if there's some offer making decisions that need to be changed, that's how they then communicate the information back through UCAS to the student. So the track system particularly receives a very high demand of um, traffic from students.
0: So now let's hear from one of our experts. Gorov Mata is vice president and European leader for IBM services for cloud strategy. He's helped guide many businesses through their cloud migration. And he says a crucial part of your cloud strategy is working out how cloud aligns with your business goals.
4: When our clients decide to move to cloud, they're basically looking for how cloud can enable their business transformation agenda. And they're also looking for significant reduction in cost of their IT operations across their infrastructure and application portfolio. When clients are considering their cloud strategies, they are worried if they do not adopt cloud, they will not be able to meet their needs of the business, which demand faster time to market and agility. And they're also worried about uh, not having their IT fit for purpose in terms of being streamlined and operating very efficiently and in an automated manner at a reduced operating cost. Our clients are all facing a lot of disruption in their industries. And there is a crisis in the sense that if they don't innovate, they will be disrupted as opposed to them causing the disruption in the market. So it becomes absolutely essential for them to introduce new solutions that can help their business transform.
0: And business transformation is exactly the goal for an exciting project currently taking place at London South Bank University. As Alex Denley, LSBU's Deputy Director of Innovation and Transformation, explains.
5: When I joined the university, in terms of the infrastructure services, we currently had about 80% of our services located in private cloud. 20% um, actually ran on site. The 20% that we had were more from the operational element, which is the kind of necessity to keep the building operational, which would be things like access control, CCTV and secure ID passes for contractors and so on. Uh, the 80% that we had in the private cloud was more your application and the softwares that allowed the university to be the university, effectively. But the university has become more and more of a competitive market, uh, particularly in central London, with the students' appetite and engagement for digital and technology becoming more and more. We've had a decline in terms of government grants, so we're not seeing as much money invested from the government in the university market, We've seen a reduction in terms of students for underlying reasons, we've actually seen a decline in 18-year-olds for the past couple of years based on previous recessions, and I think there's been a massive awakening within the university market that actually, you know, the the traditional way of delivering technology um, hasn't been up to the level um, that that students are now expecting. Uh, The desired state from a student's perspective would be everything delivered over a browser by a single sign-on, things like social media integration, and a single pane of glass that delivers a student experience.
0: Demand doesn't just come from the boardroom. It can come from a number of different places, as Fatima found at UCAS.
3: The reasoning behind thinking about cloud really initiated in UCAS as a more of a grassroots movement. So the track application is a .NET, Microsoft essentially, application. And at this point, you know, individuals in the development team are starting to kind of realise that one way of coping with this is potentially this solution of cloud technologies um, for UCAS. So we started with a really small proof of concept. um, And really, the proof of concept was actually before the major issue occurred in 2011-2012. And the idea was that UCAS really on A-level results day, sometimes the demand it receives on its systems can be a thousand times more than the demand on any other day. So really, cloud could be a potential solution for enabling us to be able to scale that capacity and meet the demand without necessarily having to invest in all of that technology and find the on-premise footprint that's needed to host the servers, or in Investing in a significant amount of uh, cost that then is not really utilised for the bigger part of the year.
0: But the idea can't stay in the tech team. Getting the rest of the organisation on board with Cloud Transition is down to building a solid business case, as Gorov explains.
4: To explain the value of cloud to a non-technical or uh, any other board member, is absolutely important to show where the cloud fits into the business transformation agenda they are working on. So for example, if you are um, on the retail side of a business, you would want to know how the cloud transformation can help you improve the time to market in developing the solutions you need to delight your customers. If you're on the supply chain side, you would want to know how can cloud help you build new applications that will provide you better visibility of how you manage your supply chain, how do you effectively have better control over your inventories and your working capital. And that is the key in securing the buy-in. Because if a CIO can articulate the business value that cloud can deliver, they can get the sponsorship of the other CXOs and they can get the support needed to achieve the transformation.
0: Over at LSBU... Alex had been asked some tough questions by university management.
5: What benefit is IT actually bringing to this organisation? And we can sit there in terms of, OK, we've had 99.9% uptime, we've had, we're really good at help desk tickets have declined, so we're very good at fixing things, but actually we're not really bringing any kind of benefits to the organisation in terms of solutionising. So as we sat there and we asked for more capital investment from um, the university to spend on IT, We also are aware that benefit technology now has become, everything becomes subscription and consumption based uh, with OPEX models and revenue models being key to any um, technology investment.
2: Trying to put it in a way in which they're going to understand why you're doing what you're doing. So um, I always try and use analogies. I try and get them to understand the business benefit rather than the benefit to the IT team or the benefit um, with the technology. I think that's key in any sort of discussion at that level. You know, what does it mean for them? And if you can demonstrate it in a way in which it will help them, then even better, you know, you get buying from the outset. Um, With all these types of things, I like to plant the seed. You know, don't hit the board with these requests or these decisions in a meeting uh, as a one-off. Try and talk to them in isolation, get them to understand some of the pain points or pinch points they may have and then try and relate what you're trying to do to those um, issues that they, they may have. It, just simple little techniques that, that I'm sure everyone's doing already apply the same to your um, cloud migration.
0: Once everyone is on board, Gorov says a structured business case is key to transformation. He's currently guiding an energy company through this exact process.
4: What we see is a lot of clients who are thinking of cloud haven't actually developed a very structured business case. I mean, everybody, uh, you know, wants to do something in cloud. And they have, like in the last two or three years, they have done some experimentations, uh, trying out a few public cloud solutions. But what they haven't really done is, is linked it to their business transformation goals. And let me bring it to life uh, with the work we have been doing for an energy company where the business imperative is to digitize the business all the way from uh, the way they generate their power, the way they distribute their power, the way they trade energy, and then how they supply power to their retail customers. And that kind of transformation requires a different way of managing your IT, having your applications ready for doing cloud-native application developments and having your data fully integrated on a very open and secure platform. And that's what we have been working uh, with them to ensure that, first of all, we have built a business case for them. What is the imperative of transforming a business, your IT, through cloud, and how does it meet your business strategy? Because without that, it's very difficult to secure the buy-in of all the board members and get the right level of sponsorship. Because cloud is not just a... IT transformation project, it is a massive change management project which is going to have an impact on all areas of business.
0: But it's not only board members that need to be convinced of the benefits of business transformation.
2: Aviation as an industry has been really reticent to move to the cloud. As you can imagine, it's a highly regulated industry. And therefore, there are a number of hurdles to overcome, both from a governance point of view with the organisation and the situation it was in, but also from the employees themselves. So the people side of it, which I don't think a lot of people um, think about when when they're thinking about moving to the cloud We had people that had been at Monarch their whole career. You know, they'd come through the academy, they'd moved into the business, and what they knew was the Monarch way. And therefore, the whole change management element came into it, uh, which, you know, is hugely impacted by people's feelings around change.
4: Job roles will change because of cloud transformation. And actually, for a lot of people in IT, it offers very exciting and challenging opportunities. For example, whereas previously somebody would have been more focused on managing operations or doing bug fixing, with the automation you bring in, it saves them the time and they can divert their knowledge, their experience in developing new applications that are needed to support the business. So what Cloud Transformation is helping a lot of resources in the IT teams is to get more closer to the business by working in an agile manner with business and leverage their knowledge of the client's operating environment To be a more valuable player in helping develop applications faster that will support the business objectives
2: the biggest obstacle to overcome is that human element both from an it perspective but from the rest of the uh, organization as well it's surprising the resistance you get from within the it department versus from the rest of the business we're all used to consuming cloud-based applications now through through smartphones and stuff like that and and in our home lives actually our technology is sometimes better than what we we have in the office so i think that piece became really big for us i suppose there's also the element of technologists are scared of what it's going to mean for them so you know if we're moving workloads to the cloud you know where does that leave them they've been looking after these applications or these servers for a period of time and what does that mean for their job for me um the key message that I try and uh, give to my teams is as technologists we all need to continue to evolve uh, along with the technology so just because we're moving stuff uh, you know from on-prem to cloud doesn't mean that there's suddenly going to be you know job losses and people running for the hills this is this is an opportunity for everyone to relearn and refine your place within the organization.
0: Deciding what to move to cloud and what to move first requires a business to thoroughly take stock of their existing estate. And there are a number of ways to go about this. Here's Alex from LSBU again.
5: One of the first steps we took whilst understanding we're in a private cloud environment um, and the considerations that we needed to make before embarking on potentially moving over to the public cloud uh, was really understanding the territory that we had, um, the landscape, who was doing what, why and when. Um, as you can imagine with a university environment, it's very much just kind of seasonal based, so the students aren't there all year round. Um, but actually, uh, as I say, it's quite interesting some of the things we uncovered in terms of what was actually going on with that landscape. So um, we, what well, the first thing, kind of step we did was we worked um, with a provider, a vendor, to what we refer to as a cloud readiness assessment. Before we did anything, and as I say, a lot of the vendors were very keen and, and trying to move us over to the realms of public cloud from the environment that we had, we needed to take a kind of three-month snapshot of the estate, which would give us a kind of understanding Um, and realisation in terms of what was going on, when and why.
0: Once you've taken stock, it's time to make plans. Nick Maguire of CCS Insight.
1: Planning perhaps is becoming more important than ever because of the implications of these decisions that the CEO is having to go through today. Those that are really oriented around planning to contain their risk should changes happen are the ones that are actually achieving probably good results with what they can actually extract from the cloud providers. And certainly in the terms and conditions, the ability to exit and have an exit strategy around specific clouds, I think is still, you know, really, really important for companies as well. Um, But again, you could argue that, you know, you can't plan too much because you slow yourself down. And it's a trade-off and it fundamentally comes down to the risk profile of that business and the business strategy overall. And this is where, again, it comes back to, I feel that we're going to start to see more CEO-driven decision-making in this industry.
0: You'll hear more about strategy in the next episode. But at this stage, for our CIOs, outside guidance is something they found incredibly useful.
2: The way that we took it, given the circumstances, um, were to engage with a number of um, service providers to try and find out what solution worked best for our situation. That partnership, I suppose, became invaluable because through uh, service providers they'd had a lot of experience across a number of organizations rather than just an individual's experience we could pull upon that combined knowledge of working in lots of different scenarios uh, which became invaluable there, there's always an element of um, you know well, what will work best for our business we're slightly different um, but it's uh, invaluable to gain that insight from um, from partners
3: In typical sense, as most organizations, we made reference calls to organizations like Gartner, you know, to get an external perspective. The board wanted to get external assurance. So we recruited someone who was essentially an expert in this field. And alongside the IT teams, they provided an external perspective essentially on whether this was the right thing to do and whether we were going about it in the right way. So is it the right thing
0: to do and are we doing it right also? And having been that external partner on many occasions, Gorov is clear about the key factors he thinks are paramount.
4: So when a business is choosing their cloud partner, and I would stress on the word partner as opposed to a vendor or supplier, the number one thing is to make sure that the partnership is truly driven towards achieving the business transformation objective. And both the client as well as the external provider are aligned towards that objective and have put their skin in the game. Of course it's also important to look at uh, what are the capabilities that a business partner provides. And that may include their experience and expertise in helping them develop a solution that meets their business goals, so industry knowledge becomes important. From a technical side, it becomes very important to have a partner who has experience of working across uh, multiple cloud providers, be it AWS, Azure, IBM Cloud, or Alibaba or Google. And the third most important thing is to ensure that a partner can help you drive the change with the business because it's not just a technology program. So their ability to, to help you engage with the business and work with you shoulder to shoulder on the ground to bring about the desired change in the business is absolutely critical.
2: There are a number of questions that you know in hindsight we could have asked. It's the unknowns, especially when you're moving from legacy on-premise infrastructure. A lot is um, you know the what ifs. There's moving to the cloud. Um, you get the. Uh, the vendors point of view you get the suppliers point of view but leaning on your peer network is really important as well the things that we perhaps didn't ask enough questions about was uh, things like the bandwidth um, about redundancy around and becoming reliant on our network connectivity and i think that's something that um you know is a sort of byproduct of moving to the cloud we we think we're solving many problems about you know removing the reliance over our own data center our own people by moving the workloads into the cloud but then we become more reliant on a few things that we have left on-prem, one of which, of course, is your network and your comms.
3: I think because of, for UCAS, this was really, I mean, the team that was delivering it was actually described as a red team. You know, it was there to get the job done. So the focus initially was really on getting people who'd been there and done that, who had the right expertise. It happened to be that as we were... Adopting these cloud technologies, we were also outsourcing, going through a process of looking to outsource the infrastructure and operation management externally. So some of the considerations in choosing the supplier then became about do they have the right expertise around cloud infrastructure and managing that
2: we had a mix of experience moving to the cloud myself and the IT manager that I brought to Monarch from my previous organization had had the benefit of working at a startup and building from new in the cloud so we had some experience there most of the developers and people that looked after the systems we had at Monarch had been there a long time so we had a real mix of skills and experience but perhaps not anyone that had gone through the full journey of moving to the cloud. Again, this only enhances the the need for a good partnership with a good service provider, because they can fill the, the gaps where your skills or experience lack.
0: And as our CIOs continue their journeys, so do we. In the next episode, we will be looking at how to build a cloud strategy and roadmap as well as how to develop, maintain, and update your cloud infrastructure.
1: Some public clouds actually let you in the kitchen with the chef to cook the meal. Other public clouds make you sit in the restaurant with the waiter with the menu item to decide what you want to eat. And other clouds actually make you wait at the front door before you come into the restaurant.
0: Until next time, goodbye.